Yo, yo, welcome to another episode of the Polly Rob Podcast. I am your host, the Council Polly Rob. And uh, happy Mother's Day, y'all. Happy Mother's Day. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. It's kind of gloomy, but it's okay. It's still a beautiful day. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I know y'all sitting there thinking like, yo, why am I doing a podcast on Mother's Day while I should be celebrating with my mom? Um, well, answer is simple. My mom is in Belize. She's retired. She's in Belize. And she's having her good old time as she's supposed to. Um, so she got her money. She got her flowers. I sent her all that stuff about a week ago. Um, and she's happy. I just finished talking to her on the phone just now, like a couple of seconds ago, um, just to wish her a happy Mother's Day and make sure that she's enjoying herself, doing what she's supposed to do. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I feel good. She feels good. You know what I mean? Uh, she said she was going to, you know, head to my aunt's house out there in uh, Punta Gorda because you know, we're from Belize. Um, and, you know, go chill, take some uh, callaloo and uh, another side dish over there. But she's actually cooking herself. She's going to be cooking some uh, 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 rice, stew beans and pork. You know what I mean? My mom always cooks. Even if it's her birthday, she's cooking like it's ridiculous. And we're going to get to all that, too. Um, but I hope everybody is enjoying their Mother's Day. Make sure you show, you, you show uh, your mother, uh, your son's mother, uh, if y'all want to call her baby mama, however. Um, just show them the utmost respect today. Uh, you should be every day, but let's just take one day at a time. Today is Mother's Day. Show moms the ultimate love. Um, you know, make them breakfast in bed. You know, go to church with them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, have a good conversation with them. Catch up on things that you probably might not have told your mom within the past year or so, months or weeks or whatever. Um, you know, just, just find time to, you know, appreciate the moms for what they do, uh, at least for today. You know, take them to the spa, get their nails done. Um, take them out to eat, you know what I mean? Take them to go see, like, their favorite concert. Because I know it's a lot of... I, it got to be a lot of dope old-school concerts going on today or tomorrow or even yesterday. Um, but just take the time out to enjoy the Mother's Day. And it's not all... It's not just about, you know, the mothers enjoying the day. It's about you being happy and appreciating that mothers uh, can do the amazing things that they do. Uh, to have you on this earth, to have you on this earth, you know what I mean? And, you know, uh, find some small piece of yourself that's uh, happy about celebrating Mother's Day as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, localastronauts.net, the website is open. You know what I'm saying? If anybody's checking out my live, you see the brand new, you know what I'm saying, tease that we got, you know what I mean? Uh, creative motherfucker from LA tease. 
You know what I mean? Um, make sure you go get that. It's on the site right now. We got different colors. We got different flavors. We got one with the astronaut. We got one without the astronaut. You know what I mean? Make sure you go cop that. It's uh, $24.99 on localastronauts.net. You know what I'm saying? You know we're creative. And you know we do a lot of fly shit. So make sure you go cop that tea. Uh, it'll get to you in about five to seven business days. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you go check that out. Um, localastronauts.net. We got a lot of other things coming on the website, but for right now, we got the creative tees on deck on localastronauts.net. So I'm going to get that. You know, I got my medicine ball. Well, it's actually not a medicine ball. It's actually a peach tea and mint tea. That's, that's not too appealing right now because they're, uh, I guess their froth or whatever machine broke. So they wasn't able to make my medicine ball uh, and warm up my lemonade. So I just got some bland ass um, peach tea and uh, mint tea. You know what I mean? So bear with me. I know I didn't drop nothing special into it. So just bear with me. You know what I mean? Um, I had a pretty good day today. I just went to Ralph's. You know what I mean? The Starbucks. Ralph's, I I end up getting uh, just... uh, some fried salmon, because that's what I want today. I want some fried salmon. I might cook a little bit later on um, today. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the whole day goes. You know what I mean? So, topic of today. Topic of today. Since it's Mother's Day. Since it is Mother's Day. Um, we got to talk about it. Um, so, what I wanted to do was, I didn't want to, you know, create just a, a basic uh, concept about, you know... Uh, you know, Mother's Day and what it's like, what it should be like, what you should tell your mom. We got through all that stuff already. I wanted to do something special that was a little bit personal um, to me, um, a little bit personal to, you know, my family um, and, uh, you know, personal to my mom as well. You know what I mean? Um, So what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk about uh, three stories about my mom. These are, you know, out of all the millions of type of stories that can personify the greatness and the, um, the awesomeness of my mother. Uh, I wanted to pinpoint on three, on three stories about my, about my mom. Uh, and actually I call her mommy. Let's just, you know, get that out the way. I call her mommy. A lot of foreign, uh, families, they call their moms, mommy and daddy. I call my mom mommy and I call my dad daddy. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, some American families say that that's that's weird or I don't know. But that's what I call my mom. I call my mom mommy. I call my dad daddy. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't go up and say, hey, dad, you know, no. Hey, daddy, what's going on? What's up? We good? You know what I mean? Hi, mommy. How you doing? You, You all right? And still to this day. Being grown, being old, you know what I mean? Having kids of my own, you know what I mean? And my my kids, they call me daddy. They call me daddy, and they call their mom mommy. Even though she's American, they still call her mommy. So that trend is still going. So I wanted to talk about three stories uh, about my mom that I feel like kind of just embodies the greatness of her. You know what I mean? And these are stories that are definitely very personal to me because um, these are stories that have helped me, uh, you know, shape the shape a little bit of my character, 
um, shape a little bit of the goals that I set myself to obtain. Um, and also, uh, you know, just bring it into a closing of how great my mother was to our lives. Not just mine, not just my brothers, um, but to a lot of people. Expanded to a lot of people. Um, so let's get into it. Three stories. This is the topic. Three stories about my mommy. Three stories about my mommy. Okay, so first story. Um, I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about this cooking story. You know what I'm saying? This and and, and for some for people who have heard this story already, if you're my friend, you've probably heard this story. But I'm gonna tell it anyway. You probably heard all three of these stories, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. So the cooking story. Now everybody knows, you know, that watch me on social media, that follow Chef Boy Rob uh, on Instagram. Um, that come to our events and see me behind the grill, behind the stove, doing what I'm doing. They know Polly Rob Cooks. Polly Rob Cooks. I That's what I do. I get it in. I do music, but for my passion, I cook. It's real. Um, but a lot of y'all don't know why I, you know, got myself into cooking and why I still do. You know what I mean? Now, uh, the average person will believe that I just went to culinary school to develop my craft. Um, Although I did, um, that's not where it started from. So, you know, it all started just from me being real young. I can't remember the age. You know what I mean? But my mom is, is, she is a Sunday cooker. She is cooking on Sunday. Church and food. That's what it is on Sunday. Church, food, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, she would make the usual every Sunday, rice and beans, stewed chicken or stewed beef, um, potato salad, you know what I'm saying? Probably some regular salad on the side for for other people, you know what I mean? And that'd be the thing, rice and beans, stewed chicken or stewed beef, potato salad. That's what's going down every Sunday, no matter what, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, she would prepare the potato salad the day before so it can get cold. You know what I'm saying? And she would cook everything in the morning, in the morning before we go to church. Now, think about this. You're up and you're you're not making, you know, in my household, it's me, my brother, my dad, my mom, my sister. But she's not cooking for just us. She's cooking for the immediate family, the family that's coming by, the friends that's coming from church. She cooking for everybody. She going in. Grandparents, everything. You know what I mean? Um, so she would cook the day before, like, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning. She's up getting busy, seasoning, you know, the meat, you know what I mean, cleaning the meat, you know what I'm saying, preparing you know, boiling potatoes, cutting the potatoes. She she going in. So every Sunday, you know, when we would go to church, we would come back and, you know, all the food is ready. So, you know, people, you know, used to come back with us. You know what I mean? People from church, you know what I'm saying? Family members, you know, this is the time on Sunday when my cousins would come through, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Papa, DK, Orlena, Beverly, Jay, Orville, you know what I mean? Just all the relatives. We used to just, you know, they used to come by and, 
it was a feast. You know what I'm saying? Everybody would eat and and, and do their thing. You know what I'm saying? To have a good time, enjoy and stuff like that. And I used to sit there and I used to be like, yo, everybody just sitting here enjoying this food. Now, I know I'm enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? And I see that it's just my aunts, my uncles, you know, relatives, friends. They all just enjoying this food that my mom cooked. And it was very rare that somebody else would bring like something in to chime in on the cooking because they knew my mom got down and my mom potato salad was like no other potato salad. It, it, you know, it had, it, 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 it was, it was chunky. The potatoes was chunky. The eggs was chunky. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a lot of other people, potato salad is kind of like, you know, runny, you know, creamy stuff like that. My, my mom potato salad got, it, it got it got weight, it got balance, it got body to it. You know what I'm saying? And everybody would come through and, you know, eat and, you know, once they done eating, you know, uncles would be laid out. I'll be laid out with my cousins. You know what I'm saying? We all full. People taking a nap. You know what I mean? We all they all just laid out. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the the older older people would go on a separate way in the backyard and go talk and do their thing and have their Guinness and drink their wine cooler and do their thing. And then the kids would be in the room or be in the front playing and doing what we doing. And then that was the that was every Sunday. That was the Sunday thing. That was the thing. Now whether people came over or not never determined of how much my mom would cook. She would still cook the same amount every Sunday. Every Sunday. And whatever was left over, we got it for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because my mom knew how to preserve food for real. So we would have food throughout the week. So she wouldn't have to, you know, cook on a Monday or a Tuesday. Probably a Wednesday because she like, let me just get something new. You know what I mean? But we would have leftovers of that for sure, whether she cooked or not. We have leftovers of that for sure. But the feeling of what I started to notice was like, yo, everybody's just enjoying the whole aura of of uh, of eating good, enjoying themselves and feeling right and feeling right. And I love that. I love that. I think that that's amazing. Uh, it's always been amazing to me. And, you know, for me being young, you know, I started to ask my mom, like, yo, can can I come help in the kitchen? Can I come help in the kitchen? And, you know, so she would have me and my brother, you know, help. Like, my brother didn't really want to help like that. But I was excited. So she would tell me to, you know, peel the potatoes. Uh, oh, I forgot. Plantain is, was on the plate as well. I'm sorry. I didn't eat too much plantain. But plantain was definitely on there. Um, so she would tell, tell us to, um, you know, uh, peel the plantain, uh, peel the potatoes, you know, uh, if there was onions for the, uh, stew chicken, you know, uh, uh, peel the onions, grate the cheese, you know what I mean? So that was, that was my thing that I would help her on that. I would help her do all the sous chef stuff, like the small amounts of it, you know what I mean? Cause I'm young, I'm young, I'm, you know, this is like six, seven, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So 
I would, you know, help her with that. And, and grating the cheese, I love grating the cheese because as soon as I'm grating the cheese, boom, uh, first thing I do, uh, take a little bit, eat it, you know what I mean? And, and that's for things that had cheese a part of it, not on every Sunday, but for anything that I would cook that had cheese, she would let me grate the cheese, and I loved it. Um, you know, peel the potatoes, you know what I'm saying, cutting those up, you know, before we boil them, you know what I mean? So that was my thing. I was my mom's you know, sous chef. I was my mom's sous chef. I would help her with the things that she needed in an abundance. You know, uh, she used to make a lot of tamales. Everybody loves my mom's tamales. You know what I'm saying? But in the tamale process, you got to have making the masa, making the, uh, the chicken, you know, having the vegetables. It's a whole process to put it together. And she would have me you know, uh, you know, uh, put the chicken inside the tamales before she closed it up. You know what I mean? And then, you know, boil them, you know what I mean? Get them ready. So I was just always helping my mom. And then, you know, it, it, it struck in my brain. Like, I love this. I love being a part of this process of making people feel good and making people, you know, feel full and enjoy themselves. This is what I love. I love this. And I see my mom do it every Sunday. So I want to do the same thing. So it got into this process where it's like, you know, every Saturday, my, you know, my mom would have to go to work, you know, and, uh, you know, while she's at work, you know what I mean? We got to eat. Now she would give us lunch money to eat. Um, but we like, nah, I'm gonna try to fry some chicken. You know what I'm saying? The first time I I, I fried some chicken, <laughs> it looked good on the outside. Let me just give it a hundred. First time I fried some chicken, it looked bomb on the outside. And my brother looked at. I, I told my brother to try it, and he he'll tell you. He will tell you. He was so pissed when he bit into that chicken. All the blood start running down his. That was the bloodiest piece of chicken ever. He was pissed. He was hot. He was so angry. And he was like, nope, I'm not eating none of your shit, Kenny. I'm not eating none of your shit no more, Kenny. I'm cool. I'm not rolling. He was mad. Because on the outside, because you know, I put my fire up. I did my thing. So when I put my fire up, I'm like, okay, boom. Put the flour on it. You know what I'm saying? Drop the chicken. My whole objective was I wanted that feeling of my mom, you know, cooking good food for everybody and everybody enjoying. I wanted that same feeling. So it was always a constant chase for me. I'm, 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 I'm learning how to fry chicken. I'm learning how to make rice. Like first time I made rice, it was probably the most burnt rice on earth. Like I done burned a couple pots trying to make rice. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, started making pasta from, you know, box macaroni and cheese to Velveeta shells and cheese to trying to make my own macaroni and cheese. You know, the first thing I ever made good was eggs. I was killing the eggs because my mom was... You know, telling me like, nah, you gotta put the you gotta put the low fire on the eggs and just 
Whisk it every... Don't do too much to it. Let it fluff. Let it do its thing. You know what I'm saying? And once I learned how to make eggs, I went ballistic. I went ballistic. I'm eggs and eggs and bacon, eggs and pastrami, eggs and chicken, eggs and... I was making eggs and everything. Like, if y'all ever saw uh, 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 the movie Juice when uh, Steel was making bacon and eggs and hot sauce, I, I got that in all day. Got that in all day. You know what I'm saying? But it was it was me constantly just, you know, trying to perfect my craft in cooking. And she would always help me along the way. She she gave me the opportunity to, no, use the kitchen, do your thing. Don't destroy my pots, please. But go ahead, learn, you know, try to learn how to cook. Try to do your thing. Like, go ahead. And she gave me the ability to not only, you know, show me some you know, different recipes and show me how to make things, but she gave me the ability to explore and just go cook. Just go do your thing. And the things that you don't know, I'll help you along the way. And I don't even think she realized that she was doing that at the same time. Like, I I don't think she realized that she was creating a great cook. She was creating a great cook. Because I get out. I get out for real and I do it because I love it and no one has ever, ever, ever in life seen me make a meal without a smile on my face because I've never seen my mom make a meal without a smile on her face. First thing my mom is doing is she's singing. She's singing. She's humming some type of tune when she's cooking. Fast forward to now, she still does the same thing in Belize. And when everybody watched me cook, I got my favorite music on, whether it's old school R&B, oldies, Frank Sinatra, jazz music, or hip hop shit. I'm listening to some music. I'm enjoying myself and I'm smiling. That's the one thing that my mom taught me was if you're going to do something, especially cook. Do it because you love it. And do it with love. Do it with ultimate love. Anybody know that they get a meal for me. They're not just getting food for me. They're getting love for me, man. They getting love for me, just just like they got love for my mom every time she cooked. That's and I think that's the reason why everybody always wanted my mom to cook, because they know that they was getting love. They know that. They know that they was getting some type of love. My friends still to this day. Yo, where your mama bread at, man? Yo, I need some of your mama bread. My mom used to make fresh bread. She still make fresh bread. Fire. My dad, he don't eat nobody else's fish. He don't eat nobody else's cooked fish but my mom. That is a fact. That is a fact. He doesn't eat nobody else's fish but my mom. 
because he knows that my mom cooks it a different way and she cook it with love. Never has my dad eaten anyone else's no type of fish, none, except for my mom. That's my cooking story for my mom, man. And I love her for that. I love her for that. She turned me into some type of a beast, some type of a cooking beast. Um, second story, second story. Um, the second story is a little bit more personal. Uh, I think a lot of people have heard this story before that follow me on Instagram because I post it every 9-11. Um, uh, it's the story of 9-11 and how uh, me and my mom was a part of uh, that 9-11 uh, whole ordeal. And, uh, you know, long story short, because uh, we don't have a lot of time. We got to celebrate Mother's Day. Um, you know, my, my mom at the time, uh, this is when I uh, came came back from uh, from L.A., moved back out to New York to go to college. And I went to Burma Manhattan Community College. Uh, at the same time, I was working for RGIS Inventory. Um, that's the company that comes into different uh, major stores and, um, you know, scan all the pieces for inventory so they can do an actual count on the value of the items in the store. Um, so in light of that, uh, you know, I would travel, you know, various different places from Brooklyn to Manhattan to Staten Island, you know what I'm saying? Uh, to Queens to go to different stores to, you know, to work, to scan products. That was how I made my money. Um, and then I would go to school at Burrow Manhattan Community College, and that's where I would, you know, take my classes, you know, to get my AS degree in computer science, which I have. Um, my mom, um, she worked at uh, Kohan and Goldstick, the law firm, uh, uh, as an uh, administrative assistant uh, at the law firm, and that was in World Trade 7. You have the two tall towers, and then you have two other towers. World Trade 7 is to the right of the two tall towers, which is like the third largest uh, tower out of all of them. Um, and she worked at, uh, you know, the, the company Kohan and Goldstick. Uh, I forgot what floor she was on, but that's her job every day. Every day she, you know, gets on... Uh, the train around 7.45, 8 o'clock, and she can take the J, the M, or the Z. The Z is the, is, is the express uh, train, and she can take that directly across uh, the Williamsburg Bridge and, you know, get to her job uh, at the World Trade Stop. So, you know, of course, the week is normal. Everything's normal. Everything's the way it's supposed to be. So the day before, the day before I end up in taking a job uh, at Sephora, uh, I know all the ladies know uh, what Sephora is. Uh, Sephora is a cosmetic a store that's all across the world. And they happen to have one uh, in, uh, in one of the towers, in the mall at the bottom. Uh, 
the there was a mall at the bottom of the World Trade Center, and you know, uh, I worked at Sephora the day before, so my shift was uh, 4 p.m. on the 10th, um, and uh, everything ends at, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was 2 a.m. It was 2 a.m. is when my shift ended um, on the 11th. Uh, So, you know, I'm working there. Now, you know how Sephora is. Like, when you work in Sephora, it's pretty much a two or three day thing, like for the entire company to bring all of the employees in and to actually scan all those items. It's a two or three day thing. It's not just one day because all those tiny uh, cosmetic mascaras and little pins and all that type of stuff, however, whatever y'all do, it's a lot of those in the store. It's a lot of those on the floor and it's a lot of those in the back stock. A lot of them. So it takes a long time to get all that stuff done. I was on what was the second shift. The second shift was uh, my shift. The the last shift was, I believe that they ended at like six or seven or so. So anyway, I'm in the second shift. Uh, Because the last day was that morning. It was supposed to be that day that morning. So, I'm doing my thing, having fun. You know, it's a lot of shorties in RGIS inventory, so I'm <laughs> scanning and talking shit, macking, doing whatever I'm doing. You know what I mean? Long story short, they keep me for like an extra hour and a half or so because we got to finish up this, this, this section before we go. It's not just about what time you got to go home. You can't just leave a, a section open and then leave and go home. You got to at least finish that section before you go. So I'm not, I'm cooling, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I got two shorties with me scanning all these products, so I'm doing my thing, you know what I'm saying? So I finish, and then uh, my next uh, gig was later on that night because sometimes they would have you do two-in-one days, which you would start one day, you would end at like night, and then you would come in like midday and do another shift. So I had another one in Staten Island. Now... I'm not going to go back home to Brooklyn and then have to travel all the way back to go to Staten Island. And I believe I, I can't remember what, you know, what time I was supposed to you know be there, but I know it was midday. So I'm like, nah. So, you know, at RGIS inventory, they allow you to like, you know, go in the office and chill in the office, take a nap in the office. You know, it was uh like towards thirty. It was on thirty second street. So you can, so that's ha- that's my that's my halfway point from you know uh, going to Staten Island. So yeah, of course I'm gonna I'm gonna go up there, hundred and thirty second street. I'm going up there. Cool. So I go to RGIS inventory. My mom is always scheduled as you know expected to get to work at eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning. That's her thing. So I get to the office. We're chilling. We're doing whatever. I knock out, wake up like around like six or seven for like coffee or whatnot and tea. And they got like little danishes and shit like that. And we talking and we doing, we doing, we doing. So they got a 
you know, uh, a long distance, you know, line at the office. So I'm like, all right, cool. Instead of using my phone, you know what I'm saying? To call back, you know, to my brother. Cause you know, I mean, to my sister, my sister and my dad was in LA at the time. You know, that's, that's where they was living. Me and my brother, you know, uh, was, um, no, actually it was just me living in New York. My brother and my sister and everything, they was out there in, uh, in LA. So, I'm like, let me let me call him. Let me call him. So I call him. You know, we chopping up, doing what we doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, talk about a little basic shit or whatever. So when I'm done getting off the phone, probably like about 20 minutes later, the f- first plane hit. I'm like, yo, what the hell is that? We hear it, we look out the window because we could clearly see a plane hit the towers. We tripping. We tripping. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So first thing I think about is my mom. So I immediately get on the phone, try to call her. She not picking up. She not picking up. She not picking up. So everybody's sitting there talking about it. So I call my, my I try to call my, uh, my, my uh, sister and my dad. Cause I just finished talking to him. I can't get in touch with him. Can't get in touch with him. Maybe they was trying to call me. I don't know. So then I goes downstairs. The elevator not working. Or they not letting people use the elevator. So I run down the stairs. When I run down the stairs and I go outside, I'm seeing everybody outside looking. And then I see the second plane hit. And now I'm really tripping. So I'm running all the way down from 132nd Street, all the way down to the World Trade. I'm running. Ain't no Uber at that time. Ain't none of that. I'm running. And then when I'm looking up, I see the shit fall. And I'm losing it. And you see all this debris. I'm running. I'm speed demon running. And the tower falls. And the only thing I'm thinking about is my mom. It's the only thing I'm thinking about. And I'm running and I'm crying and I'm running and I'm crying and I'm running and I'm crying. And when I get down to a certain point, it's so much debris and there's so many people running. Police is like, no, don't go this way. Don't go this way. So I had to back up because debris is coming strong. And that's when it hit me. My mom is gone. I thought my mom was gone. I thought my mom got killed and the buildings falling because these two tall buildings is right, like literally it's right next to World Trade 7. It's right there. It's right there. So if these two buildings fall, I know the debris and everything else and the, the, the craziness 
World Trade Seven is gone too, or damaged or something. So in my brain, my mom is gone, and it's gonna take weeks or whatever to find her body. So I'm I'm crushed. I don't know how I'm gonna explain this to my brother, my sister, and my dad that our mom is gone. So the debris is going. They shut down the subways. They shut down the buses. There's no way for you to take transportation to get anywhere close to over there or whatnot. So those who live in Brooklyn, if you wanted to get across the Williamsburg Bridge, you had to walk. You had to walk across the Williamsburg Bridge to get to your location. So I'm walking. Tears coming down my face. I'm walking. I can't believe it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I finally get home like around 6, 7 p.m. Around that time. When I get home, I'm walking directly in her room because I'm finna lose it. I'm about to lose it. So when I walk in her room, she's right there on the bed. She's right there on the bed. And I fall out. I fall out crying. I hug my mom. This is God. This is nobody but God. This is God, homie. She said, I was late catching the express. I was late catching the express. And I missed it. And I had to wait. And then when I waited... I seen the tower get hit. If I would have got on the express, I would have made it just in time to be in the bullshit. She didn't say that, but that's pretty much what it was. If she would have made that express train, my mom would not be here. And she would not be celebrating Mother's Day in 2019 if she jumped on that express train. If she would have made it. Now, there's a lot of people who end up dying in that 9-11 situation. Although I'm saddened that there's a lot of deaths in that situation. I am joyful that my mom wasn't one of them. And from that day forth, because let's just be honest, sometimes we worry about some of the wrong things. From that moment forward, 
my mom never worked a day after that in her life, still to this day. She don't have to work no more. Our family made sure of that. God made sure of that. It's a beautiful thing, man. I'm so grateful and so thankful for my mom that I told myself, hey, man, I'm not worried about nothing. I'm not worried about nothing. I'm not worried about being mad about nothing no more. Not to mention, I just left Sephora in the World Trade Center at 3, 3.30 in the morning. If I would have stayed extra hours, I would have been gone. If I would have took the third shift or whatever and stayed longer, I would have been gone. I would have been gone. Me and my mom both would have been gone. And let me tell you, me and my mom are some of the most happiest people you probably might ever meet. Partially because it's in us. Partially because we've been through something that a lot of people have not been through. So we're not tripping off of nothing. We're not trying to be mad off of nothing. Because we didn't have to be here. We almost wasn't here. And sometimes you're not here. People go. And from that day forth, I told myself, hey, if my mom not worrying, I'm not worrying. I'm not worried about nothing. You can't get me mad. Can't get me angry. Not for a long time. Nope. I'll be mad for five minutes. I'm over it after that. Because I'm not supposed to be here. And my creator, my mom is not supposed to be here. So that's one thing I definitely learned from that 9-11 story, man. I appreciate y'all listening in. Last story is a quick one. Because I don't want to take up all y'all time. But last one is a quick one. Um, My uh, grandmother, my grandmother's uh, funeral story. Um. My grandmother, as in the one person who took care of my mom um, for her majority of her years, my my grandma boss. And, uh, you know, we had to fly down three years ago. We had to fly down for her funeral. And, uh, you know, my grandma boss was an amazing person, very helpful, you know, very in tune with things and, you know, Originally, she was actually uh, our aunt, but because, you know, in some, you know, foreign families, when one aunt has no kids and then another um, sister or aunt has abundance of kids, what they would do is they would uh, take one of the kids and, and, and bring them to the aunt that has none so she can help out. And, you know, it can just kind of even and balance it out. So my mom was the child that 
uh, they gave to my aunt boss and, uh, you know, she grew up with my aunt boss, which is grandma boss to us as well. Um, so in her passing, you know, just long story short, you know, we, we went to her funeral and my mom uh, did the eulogy. And when my mom was speaking in the eulogy, I realized when she was telling the story of my grandma boss, I realized of the type of people that we are. I realized the type of people that we have embodied ourselves to become. Because she was talking about my grandma boss being a humanitarian, um, being someone who gave to charity a lot, being someone who have taken strays off the street and helped them out with what they had going. Um, that's always been a helpful person throughout the whole duration of her life. And uh, that stuck dear to me, along with a lot of other great qualities as well. You would just have to, you would have to be there to understand. But I realized that, you know, passed down from my grandma boss to my mom to me that we're helpful people. We're helpful people, you know, and part of our joy is being able to help others. You know, part of our satisfaction is helping others. And that's what kind of brings this whole thing uh, to fruition. And just as a grand um, statement, through all of these stories, it taught me the one thing that I'm not on this earth for myself. I'm on this earth to help as much as I can for everyone else. My satisfaction comes through the happiness of others. That makes me happy. When I cook, I don't cook because I just want to eat. I can eat anything. I can eat top ramen. I can eat sandwiches. I can eat a hot dog and be happy. But when I cook, I cook so other people can be happy and joyful. I make steaks and pastas for others. My music, I make music for the happiness and the connection between me and somebody else. Not just for me. You know, a lot of people make music just for them. I make music for the connection between me and someone else. And I learned that. These stories made me learn that it's about me being together with other people that makes my life spin for the best reasons. And my mom taught me that happiness does not just rest with you and yourself. Happiness is also a collection between everyone around you being just as joyful as you. Joyful off of your success, joyful off of their success, Joyful off of the blessings of everyone A part of the equation It's a beautiful thing When everybody is joyful 
it's a beautiful thing when everybody's rich, when everybody's knowledgeable, when everybody is intelligent. And I'm just the type of person to help everyone get to that plateau because that's what makes me happy. And I think that's the embodiment of what mothers give. To sum it all up, mothers are the embodiment of making everyone happy. They make their kids happy. They make their mates happy. They make people who are around them happy. And for those mothers who who don't do that or who don't realize that, I need y'all to understand that the power that you guys have goes beyond what the world really shows you. Y'all do a lot. You ladies are a lot. And you should be appreciated with the utmost. Because we all wouldn't be here without y'all. This is all the time I got, man. I appreciate y'all. I want y'all to make sure that y'all enjoy y'all Mother's Day. You know what I'm saying? I will most definitely. I believe I'm finna cook today um, in light of my mom. You know what I'm saying? Because she's finna cook as well. And uh, anybody that's around me, man, just uh, pull up and enjoy the food. Because I'm just doing it because I love it. You know what I mean? And uh, I appreciate all the moms out there. I want to make sure I try to call as many mothers as I can or text as many mothers as I can. And just tell them, you know, happy Mother's Day and you are awesome. You are great. And uh, keep fucking going, man. Keep fucking going. Yo, this is the Party Rob Podcast, man. I appreciate y'all. I'm out.